everyone, today I'm joined with Shane, who is going to be talking and giving me a little bit of advice, hopefully you some advice, about the difference between money and currency. So Shane, please lead us off, because I don't know where to start. All I know is I like money, I need money, that's all. <laughs> so please give me some more. Okay, well, let me start off by asking a question, Kevin. Um, you know, in your wallet, you have a few bills there. Yeah. Like for example, I see a 10,000 yen bill there. Oh, yeah, yeah, there it is. Is that money or is that currency? Okay, so in my just normal reaction, I would say this is money. Right. Yeah, most people will say that. Yeah, exactly. But actually, it's currency. So what would be the difference? I mean, isn't money currency though? Um, people use the word money to describe what actually is currency. But money in my idea, of, well, my idea of money basically is things like silver, gold. Okay. Yeah, or something that's gold-backed or silver-backed. Right, right. Right. So, I mean, we're, we're going before we had paper money, before anything like that? Is that what you want, you're trying kind to say? Kind of, yeah. So, for example, the reason why that yen in your wallet there is currency is because it's created by a government, in this case, the Bank of Japan. Mm -hmm. And most currencies are called fiat currencies, which means they're not really backed by anything. Most people, like, for example, before 1973, um, the U.S. dollar is backed by gold, is convertible with gold mm -hmm. but after that um, right now it's just what we call fiat currency which means the federal reserve which is a central bank of the u.s um, can create as much dollars u.s dollars as they want without having any gold backing or any kind of backing. interesting so maybe that you could say that's kind of why not only america but a lot of countries are what we say in the hole you know because we can keep printing money right but where does that what does that mean you know it makes me think like What's the point of it if it's just paper and we can keep printing it? Is there any value really? Or is it only the value that we're putting on it? Okay. So, you know, are you familiar with the game Monopoly? Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I, I have turned that game over many times. <laughs> I'm very familiar with it. Yeah. So basically, the money in Monopoly, Monopoly money, mm -hmm. is not, not different than um, the US dollar, for example. Oh, so... The fundamentals are, are the right. same, basically. Right. Because yeah. we believe it's... It's currency. Right. It becomes currency. So what gives the U.S. dollar value is faith and trust of the people who hold it. Faith and trust meaning they have faith and trust that they could take their dollar and go to the store and exchange it for goods and services. Right. But once that faith and trust disappears, then I don't want to hold the dollar. And have we seen this before in history? Many times in history. Actually, there's no fiat currency that survived more than a few hundred years. Ooh. The average is, I think, 90. 90 <laughs> the US years? dollar is about 120 years old right now. So. Oh, really? So in the past, like, you know, we've seen this, like you said, many times. The average was 90 years? The average is 90. Wow. That's, that's pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So again, let, let me go back to the idea of what we place as value is currency. Right. Right? So... And again, it's because of the trust that we have in the people or the government, whoever's providing this faith that this, this $1 equals $1 for this. Right. So what, do you, what might lead to this collapse, this impending collapse that we might see? So, you know, during um, the pandemic, um, the Fed, Federal Reserve, I think they expanded the money supply by trillions of dollars. So basically, they... Um, and another way to say this is they printed trillions of dollars worth in currency. Yeah. 
just out of the blue. No. So they said, oh, we can yeah. pay everybody $1,000. Yeah, well, like for example, basically what they did was they um, had the, the stimulus package. Right. So that money was basically printed out of the blue, you know, just created. Right. <laughs> just know? out of thin air. Out of thin air, exactly. Yeah. And uh, what about Japan? Did Japan do the same thing? Japan has been doing something called um, yield curve control, which is basically, yeah, in a simplistic way to explain it is endless money printing to keep the yield of their government bonds below 0.25%. Wow. So, you know, this in in my theory, this sounds great. Like, let's just keep printing it and and keep giving it to us. And that's that's wonderful. How is how is this going to end up, you know, catching us? Okay. well, eventually, you know, um, at least in the U.S., where the Fed, the way they expand the money supplies, they sell treasury bonds. And once they sell X amount of bonds, that amount of money they create, basically. Okay. But there's always, you know, a buyer of those T-bills or bonds. If there's no buyers, then, you know, the currency will collapse, basically. Wow. Yeah. And do you think we're kind of starting to see we're this We're heading that way right now, yeah. So what would be some things that we might want to look out for, you know, that, uh, well, that, that could kind of give us this idea that this is happening? You know, like... Uh, most people would probably see it through um, inflation. Okay, which yeah. we're going we're, through right, right now. Exactly. <laughs> And, you know, the um, people like uh, Jerome Powell, head of the um, Fed back in the States, um, they've been saying, you know, it's just a transitory thing or it's a temporary inflation. But I don't think it's temporary because um, they've been saying it for the past few years now. Right. I see. Okay. So since we're on this topic and this is kind of recent news, the Silicon Valley Bank in San Francisco, California, uh what's going on there so i'm a little behind on my news yeah uh, i just looked into it briefly but um it seemed like they were over leveraged and um they collapsed basically from a a traditional bank run so which means like uh, most of their um depositors went to the bank and just started withdrawing their funds yeah what what, do you know do we know a reason why so many of these people you know there's a lot of i think it was a lot of like tech startup companies that were in this silicon valley bank so was there a reason that sparked them trying to take out their money all at the same time? This is what I heard from some, um, some analysts on YouTube. Mm. This analyst said that uh, he thinks it's because of the exposure. You know, for example, when um, any bank may be in a similar situation, but if it's not on anyone's radar, then no one has you know, knowledge of what's happening right. of the bank's um, financial status. Right. So then if that happens and no one knows about it, then nothing will happen basically. But what happened with um, the Silicon Valley Bank, it was on the radar basically with the venture capitalists and then they were looking at their um, situation, they're over leveraged basically. So that triggered, this is what the, um, the analyst thinks is that what triggered the, um, the bank run. Oh, so they could actually see. Yeah, it's all public records. So. Oh, so that's why. And yeah. then they just pulled out. Yeah. Wow. Pretty amazing. It's crazy. <laughs> Sad, man. but yeah. And this is the uh, what ranking is this for the biggest? It's the second largest uh, bank failure in the U.S. Wow, yeah. and it's gone. It's gone. Now I have kind of heard that some investors, Elon Musk's name was in the mix, could possibly buy it out. Is is that something that's possible? I don't know if if I misread, but I had heard that maybe like a group or someone with enough money could buy it out and then take over that um, sure. i suppose it's possible but 
who would want to, you know, <laughs> bail out this bank, right? So, right, right. Yeah. That's true. Well, I mean, I could see Elon doing it because right, I mean, right. he tends to spend money randomly <laughs> yeah. and, and without thinking and holding grudges. But hey, right. who am I? To, I don't have forty-four billion plus. So. Right, right. Janet Yellen mentioned that um, there's not going to be a bailout of the banks if the government does a bailout. Basically, taxpayers will be covering the costs of it. Ouch. Yeah. So, according to Janet Yellen, Secretary of the Treasury, she said that there's not going to be a bailout. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> this is not really connected to the bank, but in a way I'm kind of curious because, again, we're talking money, we're talking currency. Uh, I want to look a little bit into cryptocurrency. And then we could even go into talking about FTX with what happened with that, right. you know, since we just, just started talking about Silicon Valley Bank. Um, yeah, that's, that's a wild story about uh, FTX. But uh, what about cryptocurrency? Would you say that? is a currency that people should actually look into and take on? Cryptocurrency is not a fiat currency. Let's take Bitcoin, for example, because it's the first you know, major crypto. You know, it's the grandfather of cryptos, basically. Um, right. It's not considered a fiat currency because basically of how it's created through um, proof-of-work mining. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's a hard cap of 21 million that will be ever, ever produced. And that will be... Um, Finally mined in like I think twenty one forty. So oh wow, yeah. really? Yeah, About yeah. That's twenty years. Yeah. I knew it had a cap, but I didn't know like how you know they could actually see the limit of how far that would go. Yeah, but twenty one forty. Wow, twenty forty is the estimated date. Interesting. So you got Bitcoin. Don't sell it yet. Just hold on to it. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, historically, Bitcoin has you know, I think the um, ten year average of oh no, not ten year. Um, Bitcoin has averaged, I think, um, so many percentage points uh, per year. I can't remember the exact yeah. number right now. Yeah. So it's something that yeah, maybe just long term wise, it. yeah. But a lot of people like who I talked about Bitcoin, they say oh, it's dangerous, and I think their definition of dangerous with Bitcoin is just the um, volatility of the price. Right. Yeah. It's up and down. Yeah. You can't really. Right. You can't really gauge it too well, right. depending on uh, what's going to happen with it. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. So could you also lastly share about CBDCs, please? Okay, and sure. Kind of tell us what that is and okay. how it's connected. CBDCs are central bank digital currencies. So basically what it is, is like, uh, for example, a digital version of the Japanese yen. So is this kind of like a, another type of cryptocurrency or like an NFT that we've seen recently? Uh, no, it's not an NFT. Um, it would be uh, basically, um, from my understanding, a blockchain version of a fiat currency. For example, you know, blockchain version of the Japanese yen. Of so the it's, it's legit. It's legitimate. It's legit. It'll be issued by the central bank. So central bank meaning Bank of Japan or the Federal Reserve. So would it be the same kind of idea with Bitcoin? You know, Bitcoin has a limit. How much can be created? Would the same be kind of set, you know, to... You know, like we were talking earlier about how, right. you know, the U.S. or even Japan's just printing money without thinking about it. Could they put a block on it so that would be value to it? Or They could, but um, I don't think they will because uh, it's, it's basically a digital version of an existing currency. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And the reasons why um, there are many governments are switching over to this is if a government issues a CBDC, uh, they'll have more control of... Um, your spending, um, mm. for example, they have 
they'll have 100% visibility of what you're spending your money on, basically. Oh, okay. What, what, what would be the pros and cons to this? You know, I could see, I could see really bad cons. Right. Uh, what would be pros, cons to this? Well, from the government perspective, um, the pros would be more control, um, meaning less money laundering, things like that. But for everyday people, um, there's not many pros, basically. Right. Privacy is one. Uh, even right. that, I mean, because it's on a blockchain, everything's visible. So, if, you know, yeah, there's example, no, I'm sorry, I meant there's yeah. no privacy. No privacy. Yeah. So, like, for example, in China, they've been experimenting with their CBDCs for the past few years now. Mm -hmm. And they have the social credit score system there. So, they could say, you know, imagine you're in China, Kevin, you know, you're eating too much of this food. It's not healthy for you. are going to stop. Eat, so, you won't be able to purchase oh, know, like wow. donuts, for example anymore that would not be good for yeah. me <laughs> or you know they could say oh you know you owe the government x amount of taxes they can just take it up wow yeah that's not good yeah you lose your privacy like you just said you, you lose money or even your basic rights to just purchase something that i wanted to purchase and they could say like you know um you have to go to this school if not you know sorry you gotta luck you know wow that's yeah. terrible if you have your own business they could tell you like you know don't do or don't sell this product if you do then we can just cut you off wow interesting yeah. so um, it doesn't really sound like there's many pros for the normal Not person many yeah do you think that that this is the future for a lot of government it looks currencies? like we're going that way actually so really? it's a little um scary yeah yeah that is scary because i mean i would love to be able just to go to my bank pull out how much i need nobody really knows so basically um ca cash as we know it yeah dollar bills, Japanese yen, paper money, for example, or coins. Yeah. Um, that eventually is going to go away with the um, introduction of CBDCs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do, okay, so like you said, they've already introduced it like to China. Right. What about, let's say, Japan or America? Do you see this happening next 10 years, 15 years? How? From what I heard, the Bank of Japan is working on their own CBDC. Really? Even in the U.S. Well, it's going to be interesting for... In at least Japan to me is because, you know, there's, they're still pushing the uh, cashless payment, mm. which is actually, it's interesting, you know, for the longest time, Japan's just paper, money, mm. currency, that's it. Right. You know, places wouldn't even accept credit cards. Right. Some still don't. Um, but they've really pushed in the past few years, like the cashless payment, even way ahead of like the U.S. Yeah. Like the U.S. was crazy surprised about Apple Pay, you know, which we've been doing for, you know. Several right. several years, even just using like Passmo or or Suica, so it's kind of interesting to see how it's swinging the other way so quickly. Right, right. Well, if you take a look at China, for example, if you go to China today, um, most vendors don't accept cash anymore. Really? Yeah. Interesting. You need to pay with you know some sort of payment system, wow. like AliPay or something like that. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's swinging very very quickly. Yeah. Interesting. So I think um, Japan may have done you know the or had that campaign for um, going cashless right. as a way to kind of um you know steer lead, us in yeah <laughs> steer us in the right direction and get us used to you know paying without cash Interesting. when they do introduce their cbdc right it won't be so such an alien thing right yeah well i'd like to talk more about that yeah. for sure <laughs> <laughs> any kind of uh, conspiracy talk is well yeah. it's not even conspiracy it's really yeah. happening but uh yeah i'd like to wrap it up there, but I would like to have you back on sometime to talk about what's going on uh, in the commerce world, uh, anything that's going on with the news. 
and especially with this uh, currency situation, because I need to be on the up note to, to really keep up with what's going on. And, okay, yeah. Uh, right, yeah. How to convert my money. <laughs> I'll be happy to discuss that with you in the uh, future. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to English Roundtable, made possible by Kanagaigo Career College in Tokyo, Japan. If you enjoyed hearing natural English conversation, subscribe and like us wherever you're listening, and check us out on YouTube, Twitter, and our other SNS platforms, which will be in the description for this episode. Head over to the YouTube page to see some of the keywords we used in the conversation and other activities to test your English listening skills. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode.